1: Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Thursday, August 31st, 2023. The final day of August. Can you believe it? Tomorrow is September. Where did the summer go, right? Where did the summer go as tomorrow flips the calendar to September. Uh, again, hope you're all doing well. This is a Thursday afternoon. This is On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. My name is Jacob Goins with you for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106.7. Busy, busy show today uh, as every Thursday will be for uh, the foreseeable future. In this two-hour period, all right, during today's two-hour show, we have three guests coming on today. Three. That's right. We have three guests coming on The show today, Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network will join us coming up at 2.30. Then, head coach Keith Etheridge, uh, the Auburn High School football head coach, he'll join us starting the second hour at 3 o'clock, talking about their win over Hoover last week, a very impressive win over Hoover last week. And their game coming up tomorrow night against Enterprise, the first game at home of the season for Auburn High School. So, Coach Etheridge will join us at 3 o'clock. Then our, uh, our typical Thursday guest, he's been with me for a long time, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us at 3.30. So those are the three guests coming up today. I uh, have a lot to talk about outside of that. We have college football games coming up tonight. And one of the, really one of the most exciting games of opening weekend, and I know we had week zero, but this is week one. This is true opening weekend for college football. One of the most exciting games of this weekend is tonight Florida and Utah on ESPN so excited to uh, to watch that game tonight excited to talk about that game with you on the show today and um, there's some huge news out of this game do I think it affects it we'll talk about it about Utah and Florida tonight plus did you see what happened in Nebraska last night? We'll talk about that as well and anything else that's on your mind. Of course, it is a busy show, so phones, um, phone calls are going to be limited today, but if you call in, I'm going to do my best to get you on because I want to hear from you on a Thursday afternoon. What's your pick for tonight, Florida-Utah? Uh, what's your thoughts on it? What are your picks for t- for the game tonight? Um does the news about this Utah team affect your pick and impact your pick for this Florida-Utah game? So give me a call. I want to hear your picks on that, uh, your thoughts on anything else going on in the sports world. And that phone number to get through to me is 334-321-1390. Again, that number is 334 334- 321 You can call in, be a part of the show, and be on the line. At any point today uh, that I don't have a guest on, I'd love to hear from you and what your thoughts are about the games coming up tonight, the games coming up tomorrow, and, of course, Auburn's game on Saturday versus UMass. We are just two days away from Auburn football kicking off against UMass. Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy how we're already just two days away from the start of Auburn football, how football is officially back. Isn't it awesome? I'm so excited, and I know that you are as well. So, again, give me a call. Let's talk about it today, 334-321-1390. We'll talk tonight's games. We'll talk the, the massive event that happened last night in Nebraska, and it's not about football. It was in the football stadium, but it wasn't about football. We'll talk about that. Brad Law will join us at 2.30. Keith Etheridge will join us at 3.00, and then Chris Gordy at 3.30. So, busy show today. Let's jump into it because we got a lot to get to. So, on the schedule for tonight in college football, right, I've talked about how they have done a masterful job at extending the week one college football slate from tonight on Thursday all the way through Monday night. They've done that. They have games on Thursday, Friday, obviously Saturday, game Sunday, game Monday. They have five straight days of college football action to open up the season. That's pretty impressive. Do I necessarily like it? No, but I also do kind of like it at the same time because it gives you an opportunity to watch some of the biggest games in the country, right? We get to everybody in the country. Even if you're a fan of the other teams playing tonight, you are going to have Florida, Utah on the, t- on the, on the TV, on the radio, whatever, right? You are going to be keeping up with Florida and Utah. Tomorrow night, I mean, there's nothing crazy going on tomorrow uh, in, in the FBS. There are some games, but nothing crazy. All the games going on Saturday... But then you have the standalone game of LSU Florida State on Sunday and the standalone game on Monday, which is Clemson and Duke in Week 1, which is a phenomenal matchup, by the way. So you get to have some of these big games that are standalone, and I think that's really important for opening weekend. Now, throughout the rest of the season, jumble them all on Saturday, we'll figure it out. And we'll find... College football fans are are crazy, man. They'll find a way to watch the game. They'll find a way to get a score on that game. But for at least for opening weekend, the true opening weekend of college football, I'm okay with it. But you look at the slate for tonight. All right, there's some interesting matchups. I wouldn't say there's a lot of good games by any means, but there's some interesting ones. And then we'll get to the biggest one between Florida and Utah. You look down the list. Wake Forest opens up their season against Elon. Uh, You've got UCF making their official move to the Big 12. They're opening up with Kent State. You have uh, Rhode Island, Georgia State. Okay. St. Francis, Western Michigan. Okay. Here's an interesting one. NC State on the road against UConn. Ew. (laughs) I mean, just what what a weird icky looking game that nc state at uconn is nc state should have no problem but uh, you just don't see many teams voluntarily sign up and say yeah let's go make a trip to uconn and play football um a weird game that that one is some of the other games that you may keep your eye on um how about a big 10 battle in week one nebraska and minnesota the i think there's two big 10 battles this weekend nebraska and Minnesota starting it off tonight in Minneapolis. And so, are these two good football teams? No, not by any means. But, typically, when you get two bad teams together, you have a chance to have a decent game, right? It may be a close-scoring game. Uh, Nebraska is 7-point underdog. Minnesota is a, t- a touchdown favorite. So, keep your eye on that one. 7 o'clock on Fox. If you got multiple TVs, put it on the small screen tonight. Maybe may be an interesting game. Missouri, the other SEC team in action tonight, they play South Dakota. Uh, shouldn't be any problem for, for Missouri. Some other games in there. Um, and UAB plays tonight. How about that? UAB plays tonight against North Carolina A&T. Uh, that game, 7 o'clock on ESPN+. But there's one true game tonight. There's one true game that everybody will be watching, that everybody will be keeping up with, that is really, really intriguing. The Florida Gators in week two, or in week one, year two, under Billy Napier. Going on the road to take on 14th-ranked Utah. It's an awesome matchup. It's an awesome game. And it's going to be an awesome environment. It's going to be a tough game for this Florida Gators team. And if you recall last year's game, okay, if you recall last year's game, Utah was the number 7 team in the country when they went to take on the Gators in the Swamp. Everybody was picking Utah to win this game. Everybody thought Utah was the better football team. And let's be honest, they were. Right, And you look at this game and you watch how it played out. And Florida hung with them the entire time. There were so many mistakes in this game. It was sloppy play. You did have a great quarterback battle. With Cam Rising on one side and Anthony Richardson on the other, and somehow, some way, the Florida Gators in Billy Napier's first ever game at Florida took down Utah in the swamp. That was not supposed to happen. Utah was supposed to roll. They were supposed to roll in this game, and yet the Gators somehow found a way to pull off a huge win to start off the 2022 campaign for Billy Napier and this Florida team. Now, did it build too much? No, not really. And Utah still ended up being a really good team. You turn the page to 2023, Utah's still a highly ranked team at 14th in the country. They are still the better football team than Florida is right now. But now the Gators are going out west to play Salt Lake City, Utah. That's a tough place to play. If you've never watched a game where Utah's at home, and not just at home, but a night game out in Salt Lake City, it's unbelievable. You, it does not look like a a Pac-12 team. It just doesn't. It doesn't look like a Pac-12 environment. Doesn't look like a, a Western atmosphere by any means. And Florida's going to have their hands full tonight, folks. They are going to have their hands full tonight. And everybody leading up to today has been picking Utah. Everybody I've heard. I haven't heard anybody be picking Florida. And if they have, they've been very quiet about it. But there's some interesting news about this Utah team. They have two guys that are not playing tonight. One of them is their starting tight end. The other one? is their starting quarterback, Cam Rising. He has been ruled out. He is not playing tonight for the Utah Utes. So their starting quarterback, their star quarterback, and their starting tight end both inactive and ruled out in this football game tonight. How does that change your pick? Your answer? I'm curious. 334 13-90. This is a it's a huge Huge storyline. Because you've heard me talk about this. And other people as well. Utah is more talented than Florida. They are. They're more talented than Florida. I believe that right now. They are more talented than Florida. When you were comparing the two quarterbacks before Cam Rising was officially out, we've known, right? We've known this was a possibility for him not to play in this game. We've known... That he's had some injury problems and that he may not suit up in this game and now it's official that he won't. But before that, you compare the two quarterbacks, it's Cam Rising, top 20 quarterback in in college football versus Graham Mertz, who I rank in the bottom two or three of the SEC. Utah easily wins the quarterback battle there, but Cam Rising no longer playing. They'll be starting a guy who's been there for three years. But he's been playing behind Cam Rising. You're also without your starting tight end. So maybe a go-to option for Mr. Backup Quarterback. He's not on the field. But even with that, I still think Utah is a more talented football team. I think they're a better coached football team. And that's nothing against Billy Napier. That's nothing against Florida. But Utah's got a good program. There's a reason they're top 15 preseason. There's a reason they are ranked 14th in the country without ever stepping foot on the football field. And you can say what you want and believe what you want about preseason rankings and preseason polls because I'm there with you. They're not totally worthless, but I've said you're just shooting in the dark, you're taking a guess. And they're based off of what you've seen in the past, which has been... Utah is a darn good football team. They should have won last year. And so you look at what's on, on, on the line for this game. We've talked about Florida's schedule. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. If Florida is somehow able to win this game, they may make a bowl game. But if they don't, I have them going 5-7. and seven. And they'll be lucky to get there. And this Florida team may end up surprising me in talent. They may end up surprising me in their skill set, in their coaching. They very well might. And I'm interested to see what they look like tonight. But the schedule does them no favors. It's going to punch them in the mouth every single week. And this is a huge game for Florida. If they want to have any chance, if Billy Napier wants to have any chance of surviving this year, this is a massive game and a massive opportunity for Billy Napier in Florida. When you flip it to Utah, all right, when you flip it to the Utes, they play Florida at home tonight. Then in week two, they go on the road to Baylor, which we know Baylor's been down. We know Baylor hasn't been what they've been, but that's a tough two game stretch florida and then baylor and then they've got to run through i'm going to use this word that doesn't get used very often in the pac-12 they have to run through a gauntlet of the pac-12 ucla at oregon state at usc home for oregon at washington at arizona and they end the season with colorado college football's biggest question mark one of college football's biggest question marks right this is a huge game for Utah as well. Anytime a team can beat an SEC squad, they hang a banner. They hang a banner and they build their year off of it. They build their season, their program off of a win like this could be tonight for Utah. What's your pick though? I want to know. How do you feel? Who wins tonight? Utah or Florida? 334, 321, 1390. I'll give you my pick when we come back. Plus, talk about the world record setting event that happened in Nebraska last night and it had nothing to do with football, basketball, or even baseball. 334, 321, 1390. We'll talk about all of that when we come back. Plus, Brad Law of the Albert Sports Network joins us coming up at 2:30. Don't go anywhere. The Thursday edition of On the Line continues after this.
0: are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the ESPN 106.7 app.
1: Florida and Utah plays tonight in the Thursday night marquee matchup for college football in week one. And I've been talking about both sides, looking at this game, what it means for Florida, what it means for Utah. And look, I'm pulling for Florida tonight. I, I am. I'm pulling for Florida because they're the SEC squad. I like Billy Napier a lot. I do. I like Billy Napier. I think he's a good coach. But I will continue to say it. Even if he gets fired after this year or if he survives, he walked into a disaster in Gainesville, Florida. Which, and I think there's about two or three coaches maybe that could have truly turned this thing around. If, all, if it fails for Billy Napier, there are about two or three coaches that I would have believed could have fixed it in the current state that it was when he walked in the door. And he very well may turn this thing around. So I'm cheering for Florida tonight. I hope they win. I hope they win for the SEC. I hope they win for Billy Napier. And with the news of Utah starting tight end not playing tonight, And their starting quarterback, Cam Rising, ruled out with injury. It still doesn't matter. I'm taking Utah. I'm taking Utah to win this game because they're at home. It's week one. It's going to be sloppy out of the gate for both squads. But being at home, in a night game, week one, and I just think Utah's still a very talented football team. But what an opportunity it is for Florida. And if you're Billy Napier in this Florida program, and you want to be serious in college football, and you want to be serious about trying to turn this thing around, given the news of not having Cam rising for the Utes, you have to win this game if you're Florida. Have to. Based off of your schedule, based off the circumstances, based off where your fan base is right now, The Florida Gators have to win this game tonight, but I am picking Utah to do it. I picked Utah in my official picks, all right, my official picks for the SEC football challenge that we're running right now, and be sure, all right, be sure you go and get your picks in ESPNAU.com, all right, it's a contest we're running all season long, we do it every year, all right, go and put your picks in, starting tonight with Florida-Utah, all the rest of the SEC games are on there. you got to get them in by tomorrow at midnight is when it closes because the game's happening on Saturday. Play all season long. There's a winner each week. All right? each, there's a winner each and every week. You win a prize. And then at the end of the year, whoever has the, best, the most points because the points stack up based off the amount of picks that you get right, whoever gets the most, whoever has the best score, you win the grand prize at the end. There's so much stuff in it, I don't even know exactly what it is. All right, I don't even know what it is. But there's so much in there. I do know there's a 50 50 or 55-inch flat-screen smart TV. I know that. That's in there for sure. So be sure you're doing that every single week because on Fridays here on the show, me and Uncle T-Bone, we're going to make our picks on the show on Friday afternoons using the SEC Football Challenge on our website. So you can follow along. You can pick with us. You can play with us. And you can see our scores. You can see other people's scores. The leaderboard's on there. It's awesome. It looks fantastic. So make sure you're doing that. All right, go to ESPNAU.com and make your picks for the SEC Football Challenge. Click on Contests, and it's right under there. You'll find it right there. So go get your pick in for Utah and Florida tonight. I hope it's a good game. It should be. Um, it, It absolutely should be a good game. And I hate that Cam Rising's not playing, but, you know, it is what it is. And I'm still going to take Utah. They are, according to ESPN's matchup predictor, 73.6% chance to win. Florida has a 26.4. Betting line sitting right around 5 or so for Utah tonight. And Florida's got a chance, man. They've got a chance. But they have to win. I think this is... How often can you say that it's a must-win game in Week 1? I don't think that's the case, but I, I mean... If you can't win this one, man, it's just you got to find wins somewhere if you're Florida, and it's going to be tough to find them in the SEC slate of this schedule. So hope it's a good game. Tune in. Watch it. We'll talk about the result tomorrow. Utah favored by five. Over-under is 44-and-a-half. Flipping gears just for a second before we get Brad Law of the Auburn Sports Network on the phone. Did you see what happened in Nebraska last night? The sports world is on fire in a good way. All right, This is unbelievable. A world record, I'm sure you've seen it, I'm sure you've heard about it, but i got to mention it. A world record, literally, a world record was set last night in Lincoln, Nebraska. Because at Memorial Stadium, Nebraska's football stadium, the University of Nebraska said, let's put a volleyball court right in the middle of Memorial Stadium. And fans showed up, they showed out, and they broke the world record for the most attendance, the largest attendance at a women's sporting event ever. Are you ready for this number? 92,003. Let me say that one more time. 92,003 people showed up last night to watch the five-time NCAA champion Nebraska volleyball team in Memorial Stadium, in the football stadium, in 92,003, people showed up to watch it. That's unbelievable. That's awesome. For college volleyball, they showed up for this. There were other things going on, other events going on, but 92,003 people, I don't care what sporting event it is. I don't care what level it is. If it's high school, college, professional, soccer, football, volleyball, soccer, I don't, I don't care what it is. When you have 92,000 people that show up for a sporting event, that's impressive. But then you break a world record for the most attendance ever at a women's sporting event, good for them. Good for them. That is fantastic and a really, really cool thing that Nebraska got to do. They beat Omaha. Three sets to none in a clean sweep, but that's just unbelievable. And they were they were trying to do it, right? They set this up to try and do it, but ninety-two thousand and three—you gotta add those three in there because that counts. Ninety-two thousand and three people for Nebraska volleyball last night at Memorial Stadium. Unbelievable! Congrats to them. That that is a—it's a lot of people, man. That's a lot of people. All right. When we come back, we'll talk some college football. With Brad Law, we'll preview Auburn versus UMass. What the guys are doing over at the Auburn Sports Network to get ready for this game. Plus, Tiger Talk tonight at Baumhauer's, the second show of the season. The first one at Baumhauer's. We'll have Brad Law kind of get you ready for that and uh, maybe tease who's going to be stopping by the set there at Baumhauer's. You can listen to that on Wings 3, 6 o'clock tonight for Tiger Talk. Brad Law joins us from the Auburn Sports Network when we come back.
0: On the Line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We're halfway through
1: our number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds not the back. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7, and he is Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network, joining us on the phone lines as he does every single Thursday. Brad, happy game week, man. I've been saying that to everybody, and I'm just so excited, and I know you are as well.
2: No doubt, it's game day for some teams, a couple teams in the SEC and beyond. Uh, it's the day before the day uh, for for Auburn fans, and we're getting, yeah, we're we're you know we're starting to foam at the mouth a little bit, and. Uh, we'll be ripe for the pickings on Saturday for sure.
1: Well, a lot going on with Tiger talk coming up tonight and then, of course, the Auburn football game on Saturday. But, Brad, before we talk about those things, you brought it up already. You've got Florida-Utah tonight, SEC kicking it off in a, uh, in a really, really interesting matchup. We've heard the news about Cam Rising, the Utah quarterback, not playing tonight. They're starting tight end out as well. Any chance that Billy Napier in Florida can do it again against the Utah Utes?
2: Possible. Yep. Definitely possible. They're going to have a speed advantage. Florida will. That's for sure. Um, you know, Utah starting a true freshman left tackle, I think in this game and, um, and Auburn fans of course are intrigued to see if Landon King gets, uh, how much action he gets you. Know, I think it's interesting. Utah has a two tight end base offensive formation that they use. They list a U and an X tight end in their starting lineup or on their depth chart, uh, and even though depth charts have taken a drubbing here in our state this week, uh, Utah put it out there and they have two tight ends starting on the depth chart. So, um, And Landon was playing behind one of those two. So that, you know that's if you're looking for an Auburn flavor, Auburn doesn't play either of those teams in the regular season, but certainly checking to see what kind of impact Landon King might have on the Utah offense and may get some opportunities with a starter not playing tonight.
1: Well, it should be interesting. Florida-Utah kicking off the uh, Week 1 slate in college football tonight. But while that's going on, or I guess right before that's going on, you've got Tiger Talk tonight, Brad Law, with the second edition of the season, the first one live from Baumhauers. Uh, What can you tell our listeners that uh, they'll be able to hear tonight and and who's going to be stopping by the table there at Baumhauers?
2: I would say if you want a spot for the show tonight, get there in the next uh, couple of hours because I expect expect that by the time 6 o'clock rolls around – Um, that place is going to be up for grabs. I just really expect it to be uh, an atmosphere that is pretty unparalleled. I mean, it's look, uh, hyperbole aside, I have not seen an atmosphere at a Tiger Talk, at Baumhauer's or any other place, like the one before the Texas A&M game last year when Carnell was there. And, um, you know, you would have thought the team was playing for a national title with the kind of turnout. I'm curious to see, is it going to be like that tonight? Or is it more of a, you know, or does it get close to that? I think at the very least it'll get close to that. And if it exceeds it, then my goodness, look out. Um, But I I do think either way, there's loads of excitement Uh, right off the top of the show. Coach Freeze is scheduled to be there uh, with us in person. We're also going to be joined by Gunnar Britton and Jason Jones, a couple of those big boys up front on the offensive and defensive lines, respectively, to get their take on, on the season opener. And so, that's going to be a lot of fun. Plus, Rhett Hobart, uh, Deputy AD, is going to be there to talk about some of the new improvements in game day, and just kind of we like to do that at the beginning of every year with our first uh, show or the, the show immediately before the first home game, um, just to kind of give people a heads up about what they need to be looking out for and, and understand about game day procedures and protocols. So that is the lineup tonight, and we hope that uh, you know everybody will try to shoehorn in there. And let's just have a great
1: time. Well, it should be a fantastic turnout for the first public Tiger Talk, again happening over at Baumhauer's Victory Grill tonight with Andy Bertram, Brad Law, Jacob Hillman, and all the wonderful guests there uh, at the Tiger Talk for the Auburn Sports Network. Of course, if you can't make it out there live, you can tune in over on Wings 94.3 here locally in the Auburn Obelike area, starting at 6, ending at 7. Perfect timing. And then you guys are are off on the air, and then Florida, Utah will get underway on the TV. But Brad, uh, for, for you and for everybody over at the Auburn Sports Network. What's it been like getting everything ready and ready to go for the first game coming up on Saturday, Auburn and UMass from Jordan-Hare Stadium?
2: Very busy. Haven't seen very much of my coworkers since our staff meeting on Monday because uh, this team is great. This kind of gives people a little bit behind-the-scenes uh, looks. It's, is it as hard a work as going out and you know digging ditches and, and you know working a construction job that's got you in the sun all day every day? No, it's not. Uh, But it is it is very busy and there are a lot of balls in the air that you're juggling. And, uh, you know, we're making ticket deliveries and working to get the commercials in and planning guests for the tailgate show. And, um, you know, meanwhile, other people are running from meeting to meeting and putting up signs and things of that nature. There's a lot of stuff to do in the prep uh, before game day gets here. And as you walk around uh, on game day, whether it's the marketing staff with the athletic department or, um, you know, I, I mentioned Red a minute ago. Um, there were, there was a team of people, not just, in, not, not, from our office, but around other departments within the athletic department,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: who went to the stadium either last, a couple of nights ago, and they were literally putting finishing touches on the new look concession stands and, and, uh, markets within the stadium and things like that signage, you know, things that aren't necessarily a part of the job district, the job description they aren't on the JD, but, um, because these folks care about Auburn and want fans to have the best game day experience in the country, um, they're, they're out there putting in that extra work, and that is what game day is like. It's a or game week is like. What needs to be done? Great, let me help do it.
1: Well, you guys do a fantastic job, and we know there's just so much that goes into a uh, game day in Jordan-Hare Stadium from the Auburn athletic side, and then, of course, the Auburn broadcast with, with you and everyone at the Auburn Sports Network. And so with all of that, you get to call the football game, and you got a new face in there with Jason Campbell doing color commentary. What's it been like early on working with him and the excitement to have him in the booth this fall?
2: What, uh, what amazes me about Jason is his comfort with with anybody and everybody. He is so down to earth. You would never know that he was a 10-year NFL quarterback and he didn't hold a clipboard for 10 years. Like he was a he was a major contributor, a starter. He was he was a big-time NFL quarterback for a decade. The SEC player of the year in in 2004. And yet, he is as approachable As anybody else could ever be and the way he has jumped right in even six or seven years ago when he started with our crew pregame halftime postgame um he just he treats all of us like we've all been friends for 30 years and uh and that's awesome and he knows the game uh he can he can still recite formations and play calls from from his time at Auburn um and he knows what he's doing and so his style is a little different. He's, his nickname is Smooth. He's Smooth JC. And so, you know, we're going to have to, we're, we're going to work to get him to project and to, to be a little more emotive during the game because it's just not his nature. But uh, second to none when it comes to ability to communicate what is happening in the game.
1: And then, of course, Brad, uh, talking with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network, who joins us every Thursday here on ESPN 106.7. Let's talk about the game a little bit, right? Auburn, UMass kicking off 2.30 at Jordan-Hare Stadium this coming Saturday uh, with the Auburn Sports Network, and you can tune in on Wings 94.3, a full day's lineup over on that station this coming Saturday. But, Brad, just your your breakdown of this UMass team and what you expect Auburn to do against the Minutemen on Saturday.
2: Yeah, I think Auburn's going to come out and try to establish the run game first. Uh, I talked to Philip Montgomery a little bit today, and uh, that people will hear a few snippets from that Saturday morning uh, there on, on Wings 94.3 during the countdown to kickoff. But that, I think that's the first thing you have to do at this level to win games. You have to establish the running game. So look for that new look, retooled, rebuilt offensive line to try and do that on Saturdays. Um, and wear down a smaller defensive line for UMass. UMass is going to try to counter its lack of size um, and and the fact that it's outmatched from a strength perspective. They're going to try to do twists and stunts and bring pressures and corners and things of that nature. So um, that's what I expect UMass to try to do defensively, offensively. They were balanced. They rushed for 197 yards, passed for 192 against New Mexico State in the opener. I don't see them being able to have a lot of success on the interior, uh, in the interior running game. And so I would expect them to try to, uh, you know, get some counters and some unbalanced things to the outside and and try to win some numbers games there. So I think it'd be critical for Auburn's uh, defensive ends, its jack linebackers, its corners uh, to play heads up football and to be able to, to make sure one on one tackles in space. And uh, at the end of the day, there's a reason that Auburn is, I think, a five-touchdown favorite for entertainment purposes only in this game, and, uh, and I would expect them to kind of outmatch UMass when it comes down to, you know, scheme is one thing, Jacob, but when it comes down to it, it's the, it's the one-on-one matchups, and, you know, 11, 11 versus 11 on the field, you've got to like Auburn the vast majority of the time
1: and and we saw the amount of yardage that UMass gave up defensively close to 500 yards against New Mexico State. Brad, we have to expect Auburn, like you already mentioned, to hit the ground running literally with the football in the hands of Jarquez Hunter and Damari Austin and whoever else they can get involved, but got to have a good feeling, right, that Auburn's going to be able to put up some really good offensive numbers.
2: Yeah, I just think so. I think that running back room is too deep, and I think that every pass is, is you know, as Hugh Freeze talks about it, there's a a run play, there's a pass off of a run play. and There's just too many weapons. There are too many arrows in the sling between all those running backs you just mentioned, the tight ends, the wide receivers, and all of these guys. Think about now, all of these guys are trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to win the debut. Everybody on opening night at the theater wants to get a smash, just a smashing performance. And these guys will never have been more keyed up or amped up to put on a show then they will be here in 48 hours. 48 hours, This is, wow, 48 hours from right now. Wow. Some, some team will be having the ball for the first time this season. One of the two teams will be in their first possession. So um, there's only one football. There's only so many plays you can have in a game. But every single time one of these guys gets an opportunity with that ball in their hands, they're going to be given a little extra to to make something happen. So that's my expectation offensively for Saturday.
1: Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joins us every Thursday at 2.30 here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Brad, is there any particular players that you're looking for uh, to have a good performance to get off to a hot start on Saturday, whether it be offensively, defensively, or even special teams? Any particular players you're going to have your eye on from the booth?
2: Well, that's tough. It's never been tougher to answer that question this year just because there are so many new guys. Like, the first answer, yeah. the easy answer is the quarterback. And and, again, it comes down to let's say you have 75 plays in the game. Okay? Mm-hmm. So divide it out, 40 running, 35 passing. Let's just say we're just throwing them out there for now. So 40 running plays, how many of those are Robbie Ashford? How many of those are Jarquez? How many are Damari? How many are Peyton uh, or, or Jeremiah or Bryant? How do you divvy those up? Do you use a wide receiver screen to throw it in there or a wide receiver um, a jet sweep at some point? To mix it up, and you give a, a wide receiver a carry uh, in the passing game. If you're going to throw 35 passes, how many of those are going to running backs? How many are going to receivers and tight ends? There are so many new guys that are going to try to make the most of their 175th. Again, if you get 75 plays, then every play is 175th, and you you get the ball. You know it's coming to you uh, on any given play. You're just gonna. It, it's gonna be different, and. I can't put my finger on just one. I want to see those offensive linemen. I want to see Gunnar Britton and Dylan Wade on the edges uh, in pass blocking and and driving people off the ball and run blocking. There you go. I want to see the new center, Avery Jones, uh, beat up on on the nose for for UMass. Um, I want to see if Shane Hooks goes for 100 yards in his first game in an Auburn jersey. I want to see if Jay Fair continues the great fall that he has had. Or if Javarius Johnson gets loose and beats somebody deep, or Rivaldo Fairweather, uh, is his first touch of touchdown. I got I got man, Jacob, I got twenty guys that I can point <laughs> out. Uh and thankfully I don't have to just watch one, right? Thankfully we can watch all of them and just see. Sit back and see who has the breakout game one.
1: And one thing that that everybody's gonna have their eye and definitely their ear on is the atmosphere in Jordan Hare Stadium for Game One with Hugh Freeze a new look team, a refreshing fan, a refreshed mindset from the fan base, and there's just so much excitement? I know you guys have seen it, but man, it's going to be a special day on Saturday in Jordan Hare Stadium, huh, Brad?
2: And we get a little bit of a break on weather. It looks like if yeah. these forecasts hold, uh, I'm really happy for the students in that regard. Um, we do our tailgate show. We do the Tiger tailgate show across from the student entrance and across from the Cam Newton statue, and that's near the student entrance for those who aren't familiar. And typically now, like last the last two years, you give us an 11 o'clock game, we go on the air at 8 o'clock in the morning, and there's hardly anybody in line to get in. Bigger games, you know, the the crowd's there, and for Georgia and Alabama the last couple of years, you know, that's that's been the game where by the time the student gates open two hours out, um, we're... The, the crowd is usually backed up to where the stage is. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect it to be like that for UMass. I expect the crowd to already be gathered when we go on the air at 1130 Saturday morning. And I expect by the time they finally open the gates at about uh, one no, uh, 1215, I, I think the line will go all the way back to where uh, to where the stage is. I just I think people are ready. And I think that the students are representative of, of the rest of the fan base, the rest of the Auburn family. And uh, I really do think, I mean, I, maybe I'll be wrong, maybe I'll be disappointed, but I really do think this place will be uh, pretty, it'll be a memorable day to be a part of this atmosphere on Saturday.
1: Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He joins us each and every Thursday here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Brad, as always, I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate your time. Let everybody know uh, where they can find Tiger Talk, where they can find the Auburn broadcast on Saturday, and just all the information. Plug it so everybody knows.
2: They can find it uh, on uh, Wings 94.3 here in the auburn Opelika area. Make sure you're listening to uh, to 94.3 if you're not going to the game or going to the show tonight. Tiger Talk, 6 o'clock. And then our broadcast starting at eleven thirty. We're going to have Will Herring, Stan White, Quentin Riggins. We think perhaps Derek Hall also is coming back and will be with us on the show Saturday. So um, you don't want to miss it. We we want you to be with us whether it's in person or on the radio. And uh, appreciate the chance to talk about
1: it. Awesome, Brad. Hey, have a great have a great Tiger Talk tonight. You guys have a great broadcast on Saturday, and we'll talk to you next week. All right.
2: Appreciated, Jacob War Eagle.
1: That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Again, our Thursday guest at 2.30 every single week talking about Tiger Talk, talking about the game coming up on Saturday. Of course, Auburn and UMass, 48 hours. Isn't that crazy? 48 hours from right now. We'll be watching Auburn football in Jordan-Hare Stadium. I, I just get so excited, man. And I know you are as well. Brad is. Everybody at the Auburn Sports Network They do a fantastic job. And again, Tiger Talk tonight, 6-7 to 7, over on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. And then the Auburn uh, the Auburn football game. It's a full day on Saturday, each and every Saturday. Game day on Wings 94.3, the pregame show with Uncle T-Bone, Wade Bennett, and Jack Hutton. They will go on the air 10.30 a.m. this Saturday. It's an hour-long pregame show. Feeds right into the Auburn Sports Network, Tailgate Show, Countdown to Kickoff, all that good stuff. And then, of course, the Auburn football game at 2.30 on Saturday with Andy Burcham, Jason Campbell, and Brad Law over on Wings 94.3. We'll take our final break here on hour number one. Come back, wrap it up, and then Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge will join us to start off hour number two. Talk about the huge win over Hoover, their game against Enterprise, and a special guest that'll be on the sidelines for Auburn High School tomorrow night. Stay tuned. That's coming up here on the Thursday Wrapping up hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, we thank Brad Law for his time every single Thursday. He joins us at 2.30 during the show here on ESPN 106.7, previewing what should be a very electric Tiger talk tonight over at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. If you can't be there, make sure you tune in on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com, and then uh, the game on Saturday for Auburn versus UMass. They'll be doing their Tiger tailgate show. Countdown to kickoff live outside the stadium. Uh, if you've been over there, you know exactly what he was talking about. Their stage out there. Uh, they'll have a ton of good guests and then uh, kickoff for opening day for Auburn football less than 48 hours unbelievable between Auburn and UMass Andy Burcham, Jason Campbell and uh, Brad Law on the call there for the Auburn Sports Network again you can find that as well on Wings 94.3 and Wingsfm.com. coming up though an hour number two it stays busy it stays rolling here on a Thursday afternoon in just about five minutes To start the second hour, uh, we're going to talk to Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, who joins me every Thursday. It'll be right at 3 o'clock every single week, previewing uh, the game coming up. Also recapping the game from last week, Auburn, an impressive victory over Hoover on the road up at the Hoover Met uh, in just brutal temperatures. We'll talk to him about that and how his team was able to uh, really – show off and show up in a game against Hoover we know uh, if you're familiar with high school football in the state of Alabama uh, you know just how good Hoover has been for a long long time and Auburn went up there and handled business they also had a very impressive stat from their kicker he had a 55 yarder in high school football look 55 yards for a kick in any level of football is impressive And Auburn High School's kicker hit a 55-yarder last week against Hoover. We'll talk to Coach Etheridge about that, plus their game against Enterprise coming up tomorrow night over at Duck Sanford Stadium. Plus, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, he'll join us in hour number two as well. And you know... He's got some thoughts about Florida, Utah, Auburn, UMass, and what in the world's happening in the quarterback room in Tuscaloosa. That's all coming up in hour number two. Don't turn that radio dial. Hour number two of the Thursday edition of On the Line. Coming up.
0: Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. If you missed any of the first hour, talk to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network and also preview tonight's big-time college football game between Florida and Utah. Had some other conversations in there as well, so you know where to find the podcast after the show, ESPNAU.com or just search On the Line wherever you get your podcast, But as we uh, has started this last week and continuing on through the high school football season, Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, joining me on the phone lines now to talk a little high school football here in the auburn Opelika area in the state of Alabama. Coach, glad to have you on the show, man. Welcome back.
3: Hey, appreciate y'all having me, guys.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit. As you got the season kicked off last week against Hoover, uh, we had you on the show last week and talked about just uh, what such a big matchup right two big names in high school football two of the biggest names in high school football Auburn High School and Hoover you guys went on the road made the long road trip up there got to play at the Hoover Met and took care of business against the Buccaneers uh, this this time last week when you defeated them 39 to 14 your thoughts on your team's performance in the big victory over Hoover in week one.
3: I thought it was a great performance. You know, uh, we took care of the football. I think we had one turnover. Uh, we caused, you know, them to turn it over a few times and, you know, turn those turnovers into points. Uh, so we, our defense played great, you know, all night long. Uh, offense, you know, we, we started off a little slow, which is expected with all those young faces we got over there. But after that, after the first two or three drives, we, we really came alive and, uh, settled in and, you know, I thought we got great quarterback play out of Jackson, and you know, I think that the receivers played great. Got two re- had two really good games out of our running backs, and you know, our offensive line played played great too. Defensively, you know, we put a lot of pressure on their quarterback. You know, and I think that uh, that pick six right after half, you know, put us up by two scores, and was we were able to build on that.
1: Yeah, how about that pick six, huh, from the defensive line spot? You don't see yeah. it a whole lot, but tipped it up to himself and was able to make a play. How about that, huh?
3: Yeah, we had two interceptions. Uh, Jackson Mims had one, and then Deuce, the yeah, our big defensive lineman, he read the screen, got back, tipped it up, made a great play. You know, I think that um, – you know, we're playing really good defensively. I think they were just glad to hit somebody else instead of trying to hit our guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like that's uh that's the narrative when when a team in high school, college, whatever, getting ready for the season, right? We talked about that last week. Just ready to hit a different yeah. color helmet, different color jersey, and that's what Auburn High got to do last week when they defeated Hoover thirty nine right. to fourteen. Couple playmakers on the offensive side. You already brought up your quarterback Jackson Kilgore, and then how about Ian yeah. Nation, the wide receiver, the senior? Man, you can just see. He is a really, really special player on offense. Yeah, he's
3: a special young man. Not only a great football player, but he's unbelievable young man. He's probably the best wide receiver I've ever coached in my twenty four years.
1: Wow. You know, he's not
3: he's not gonna he's not he's not a six four kid, he's not gonna go run a four three forty, but his catch radius is unreal. You know, his hand ties he wears two X gloves, so anything he touches, he catches. Um, his routes are unbelievably crisp. He makes everything look so easy, you know. And Jackson did a good job of getting him the ball. Cody Palmer had a great game. Gibson Lothridge. Um, we had quite, uh, Griffin McLean, our tight end, who's got offers Sanford and and Austin P. And those places. He had a really good game. So you know, we we played really good, you know. And at the we got a lot of depth at that wide receiver position, you know. We got some really good players.
1: And coach, I know it, it's always difficult and really probably stressful for you as a coach going into week one because you've practiced for so long, but you just don't truly know how your team's going to respond That's and right. how they're going to play in week one. Your overall, just your great, I guess, for your team in week one, the scoreboard looked great and you defeated a really good team yeah. in Hoover. So, are you are you pleased with week one performance for Albert High coming out of week one?
3: I am. I'm pleased. I give us a B. You know, there you still, go. Still room for still room for improvement. We. You know we had a, we had some penalties that you know some pre snap penalties and stuff that we have to we have to cut out on you know I think that but overall I think we played a pretty good pretty clean game um, I think we had one hold down there on the goal line going in uh, we scored a touchdown and they called it back and then the next play Jackson throws a fade to Ian and Ian makes a circus catch for the touchdown so uh, we still got points out of that drive uh, another another big. Uh, Big story for the game is, of course, Howes Magoo. Oh, yeah.
4: He's
3: so such a weapon. You know, uh, five – I mean, I think five or six uh, kickoffs. He put almost every one of them out of the back of the end zone, you know, 72 to 76 yards, you know, on, on the kickoffs. And then, you know, he did a 55-yarder. That would have been good from 65 easily, you know, and hit a 40-yarder. So, you know, he is a unbelievable weapon
1: for us have you ever seen anything like that in high school football a kid hit a 55 yarder because coach that's a good field goal in any level of football but high school yeah. football man that's unbelievable
3: and and looked easy i mean it, it was yeah. halfway up the right? up you know, so uh the kid has
1: a son coach do we still have you
3: hey hey there sir. we go lost Hello? you for
1: just a second yeah uh, lost you for just a second but i got you back now
3: no, I said, I call him Legatron.
1: There you so. go. There you go. It's unbelievable. And like you said, just looked easy. I mean, just it's so effortless for him and a senior. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he's going to do special things. And I know that's a huge weapon uh, for you. Talking with head coach Keith Etheridge from Auburn High School football before we talk enterprise, one more on the on the Hoover game. How how tough is it for you and a football team to start on the road and not just start on the road? A two hour plus road trip in the Hoover bet against yeah. again one of the really good programs in this state against the Hoover Bucks.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean that's a that's a tough tough road trip for anybody.
5: You yeah, know?
3: our kids took it real well considering we have all, a lot of youth on this team. You know they did a really good job and and that may have helped a little bit. <laughs> you know they. They may have not known it's supposed to be a lot of pressure on them, right? But, you know, they went into the game with with a, a great mentality, and you know they executed, and you know we were able to get out of there with a win, which is always great. To you know, when if you if you play Hoover and win, you're playing pretty good football. Not to mention going to Hoover and winning a game at the mat. I think that's the first regular season game they've lost there since 2018 or 17 mm-hmm. or something like that. So.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, that's something to, that's definitely something for you and your guys to hang your hat on. Auburn High School back home this this Friday for the first home game of the year over at Duck Sanford. Got a brand new scoreboard looking over there. It uh, looks fantastic, oh, yeah. doesn't it, Coach?
3: Yeah, the Jumbotron with the scoreboard. It looks great, man. I went to the middle school game last night. Got to, got to watch those guys play a seventh grade game and an eighth grade game. And the the uh, new jumbotron was lit up and it it looked really really nice so uh, and you know tomorrow night's also you know DeMarcus Ware night yeah I was going to ask you about that yeah yeah so
1: what's that going to be like for you coach and for this team and really for the Auburn high school the fan base to have DeMarcus Ware being honored there what's it going to be like to have him on the sidelines tomorrow night I think I lost you again. Hello. There we go. Got you again. Yeah, I lost you a I second there, but I got you now.
3: Okay. Uh, I said it's great. You know, it's very rare you get to meet a Hall of Famer. Right. Much less have him come talk to your guys and and be honored. You know, at the at at the game, and you know we're gonna make it. It's gonna be a big deal tomorrow night. You know, and he deserves it. You know, anybody getting inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame is unbelievable. You know, and and uh, very very humble guy just a great all around representative of our school and, and Troy and, you know, the state of Alabama.
1: Is he gonna be speaking to your team before they run out on the field?
3: Yes, sir. Oh I yeah. Come and talk to the guys before we get to come out and, you know, we'll have a little they'll have a little video montage of his career, you know, and uh we're gonna honor him and just, you know, make it make it a uh a, a a big night for him and his family and You know, hopefully the biggest thing try to try to get a win
1: <laughs> there you go well I know I know for sure that uh, at some point during the game and during the broadcast with Scott Bagwell Rob Payton Jack Cudden over on Wings 94.3 uh, Jack Cudden's going to be interviewing DeMarcus Ware during the game so be sure you're tuning in on Wings 94.3 tomorrow night for that should be a, a really really good interview and a really boost to a wonderful broadcast that those guys do but coach Ethers let's talk about this team again or this game against Enterprise they're 1-0 just like you are an impressive win yep. last week against Ufala sixty. 60- three to 14 what's your breakdown of the enterprise team coming to duck sanford tomorrow
3: Uh, they've got a great football team you know ben and i was able to coach in the mississippi Alabama game together uh ben blackman class act you know the blackman family's known for football you know his dad's a hall of famer his brothers you know coaches down at um in uh central florida you know just they get there he's from a a football background Mm -hmm. does a great job uh, we were I was able to coach against Ben in the state championship 6A in 2019 when I was at Oxford and he was at Spanish Fort so you know he does a fantastic job you know of getting the guys the ball that can make plays and you know just just you know having his team ready to play big ball games
1: what does your team have to do tomorrow to get to get the second win of the season first one at home you only have four home games this year coach i know that's a little yeah. it's a little you know demoralizing maybe and, and disappointing i think it's a good word to put it but what's your team have to do tomorrow night to be successful and win the ball game
3: well you know we just got to take care of the football you know do the little things right don't get don't have any pre-snap don't need any pre-snap penalties you need to you know t- do the do the normal things it takes to win football games you got to Got to lock up and tackle. You know, can't give can't give them extra yards. You know, got to make sure that we we uh, take care of the football and just you know just just play our brand of football, which is smart, physical, um, and just don't don't make the mistakes to give them opportunities. You know, they've got a good football team. You can't do anything to help them. You know, if we, if we do those things, it's going to be a great football game. And you know, it's one of them games that the first region game. So everybody's going to be you know playing. Playing their guts out and doing everything they can to win.
1: Right, and you—I was going to bring that up. It's your first region matchup, and you know better than anybody. Pretty much no weeks off in 7 a football, and it, it's definitely no. not going to be a night off an Enterprise coming to town tomorrow.
3: Absolutely not. They got a great football team. You know, it was a dogfight last year. We went down there, we got a
1: lead, and then they
3: fought back, and we had to. I think we, I think we had a, we had a defensive lineman pick a ball off down by the goal line in that game. They were going in to tie the ball game, you know, and possibly take a lead, you know, late in the game. And we picked one off uh, down there, you know, inside the 10-yard line, you know, to, to kind of to seal it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a great football game last year. You know, the two games that we played them the year before were good football games. You know, we played them in the quarterfinals and we played them during the year and the year before. So, you know, and, and, you know, Enterprise is a tough place to play, too. It's a, great, it's a really good football atmosphere down there and they get to come up here this year to the Duck, and you know there is no atmosphere in high school football like the Duck.
1: Well, it's a great atmosphere. Should be even better tomorrow with DeMarcus Ware on the sideline. Should be a yeah. packed house for the home opener for Auburn High School football versus Enterprise tomorrow over at Duck Sanford. Kickoff at 7 as head, uh, head football coach Keith Etheridge will lead the Tigers on the field for Game 2. Coach, as always, appreciate your time, man, and I uh, look forward to next week. Good luck tomorrow night.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Appreciate what y'all do.
1: Appreciate it, man. That's Coach Etheridge from Auburn High School Football. He joins us every Thursday here on the show to start off the second hour. Auburn High School versus Enterprise tomorrow at Duck Sanford Stadium. Pre-game at 6.30, kickoff at 7 over on Wings ninety four three. Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hutton will have the call for you. And again, DeMarcus Ware is going to be there. Just got inducted to uh, the NFL Hall of Fame. He'll be on the sidelines tomorrow night for Auburn High School, and Jack Hutton's going to interview him and it'll be live on the broadcast uh for uh, the auburn high school sports network over on wings 94.3 so be sure that you tune in for that should be Excellent, excellent coverage tomorrow night. Auburn High versus Enterprise. And again, we appreciate head coach Keith Etheridge joining us every Thursday during On the Line here on ESPN 1067. We'll take a break, come back, talk about some of the biggest notes going on uh, around college football, around sports, before we get Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, to join us at 3.30. Here's a little window right here. If you want to call in and talk to me, I'd love to hear from you on a Thursday afternoon. Three three four. who's your pick for Florida Utah tonight in college football I want to hear from you and Wyatt that phone number 334-321-1390
0: you are on the line on ESPN 1067 online at espnau.com or on the ESPN 1067 app
1: Back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7. I told you Thursdays are busy around here, man. Thursdays are busy, and it's awesome. I've got three guests every single Thursday in a two-hour period. You can't beat it. You absolutely can't beat it. So, um, Again, big thank you to... Uh, Coach Etheridge from Auburn High School Football uh, joins us every Thursday here on the show talking all things Auburn High as they defeated uh, Hoover last weekend and or last Friday night and they are taking on Enterprise tomorrow over at Duck Sanford Stadium. So uh, be sure you check that out and check out the broadcast over on Wings 94.3. Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Cutton. And make sure you're flipping back and forth. All right? I love Auburn High. But I'm the voice of Lee Scott. you got to make sure you're listening to us as well. So flip back and forth between uh, Wings 94.3 and AU100, which is 100.3 FM on your radio and AU100FM.com. Lee Scott taking on Monroe tomorrow over at Judd Scott Field as the Warriors are 1-0 trying to defend their state championship from last year. So be sure you're flipping back and forth if you're on the radio. I go on 6.30, kickoff at 7 as well over on the Lee Scott Sports Network on au 100 my broadcast partner, uh, Christian Griffin, and I going live again six thirty, and uh, tune in for that. Should be a lot of fun. At uh, least got handled Monroe last year, but two totally different teams this year. So uh, excited to see what that matchup's going to look like. And as coach and everybody else has been saying, weather knock on wood. All right, the weather looks to be like it's going to be pretty good this weekend. And of course, I am the king of uh, of broadcasters' curse. So actually, as I check the weather right now. According to the Weather Channel, tomorrow, Friday, showers with a possible thunderstorm in the morning, then variable clouds during the afternoon with still a chance of showers. So let's all go to bed tonight and just and pray and, and hope that the rain does not happen. Saturday looks pretty good, though, as Brad Law mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, Saturday looks pretty good, but we need that rain to either get in tonight and get out of here or just misses completely. I don't know how that's going to happen, but we need that to, uh, to, be, to be in the cards. So we'll see how it goes. But yes, Auburn High against Enterprise tomorrow, 6.30, and then 7 o'clock kickoff on Wings, 94.3, and Lee Scott versus Monroe on AU100, which is 100.3. So that's what's going on in high school football. But talked about this in the first hour and want to talk about it a little bit more here in hour number two. There's a big college football game tonight, folks. Huge. Florida and Utah taking on each other on ESPN. That is 7 o'clock out in Salt Lake City. Um, If you've missed the announcements, Utah is without their starting tight end. They're also without their starting quarterback. Cam Rising not playing tonight. And that's a huge, huge storyline here. I mean huge. Um, Cam Rising not being in this football game gives Florida – a much-needed boost. And I mean a much-needed boost in this game that they desperately needed. Because if Cam Rising was playing this game for Utah, Florida would have no chance. None. Not a single possibility of a chance in this game. But since Cam Rising's not playing, and it is a backup quarterback for Utah, the Gators have a fighting chance. It's going to be tough. And I said this in the first hour, and I'm still going to say it because I believe it. If you are Billy Napier in your second year going into this Florida head coaching job, last year wasn't great. You've picked it up on the recruiting trail. But this year, you have the toughest schedule in the SEC, one of the toughest schedules in college football, and your fan base is already on the, on the gun ready to, to, to fire you away. This is a game tonight for Florida that you have to win. I think you have to win it because if you don't, you're going to be one and two by the time the season really gets started because you're going to lose to Tennessee in week three. You still have to play Georgia. Your schedule is horrible if you're Florida. I think this is a game tonight, especially with Cam Rising not playing, that you have to win if you're Florida and Billy Napier. Do I think they win? No. I'm cheering for him. I'm pulling for him. I guess not cheering. I'm pulling for Florida because I like the SEC and I like Billy Napier. But I still don't think Florida gets it done. Do I think Florida can be a good football team? Absolutely. I just don't think it's going to be tonight because I think Utah's a good squad. And even without Cam Rising, I think they have enough talent, especially defensively, that I think they can hang – with this Gators team, Utah should have won the game last year. They are going to win the game tonight. That's my pick prediction for Utah versus Florida. Would love to hear your pick on the game tonight. 3-3-4, three, 13-90. Three, three, one, a few other games going on um, around college football tonight. Nothing super crazy by any means. Nothing crazy, but UCF gets started tonight. Uh, you have Nebraska and Minnesota. So a big conference game to start off there in the Big Ten, uh, Missouri starts tonight, so another SEC squad. UAB plays tonight against North Carolina a and so college football's back, man. You got games on tonight and then games all weekend long, and I'm excited about it, uh, and I hope you are as well. Coming up in just a few minutes, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us. Um, we'll get him on the phone lines. He actually just texted me a few minutes ago, says, I'm at the airport. He, uh, he's heading to Orlando for the LSU-Florida State game. So excited about, about that for him. So he will be doing the phone call from the airport. So he is dedicated, man. So we may not get as long with Chris today, um, but uh, still going to get him on, and we appreciate him uh, being a, a loyal guest to the show here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. But a couple of more minutes. Let's talk Auburn just for a minute. Um, we've talked about practice throughout the week. We got to see it on, oh, goodness, what was that, Tuesday. We got to see practice on Tuesday. Uh, starters were named. Uh, that includes Peyton Thorne and the three guys that were in Nashville for SEC Media Days: Luke Deal, Cam Stutz, and Elijah McAllister. Um, I love those. I love those those picks for captains. Um, it speaks very, very high volumes to me that Peyton Thorne was named a starter in less than six months with the program. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't here for the spring. He got here. Early summer, didn't practice, worked out with the team, hung out with the team, and then practiced this fall, got the starting quarterback nod, and now he's one of the four captains for 2023. So I'm really, really proud of that. And that should make you excited as well. That should give you a boost of confidence in at least who the guy is of Peyton Thorne. Again, we don't know what he's going to look like just yet on the field in SEC football. But it should at least give you some confidence in who he is as a player, off the field, in the locker room, as a young man. That should give you a lot of confidence in that. The fact that his team voted him as a captain. And every single player that I've talked to or had the chance to listen to, they've talked about Peyton Thorne's leadership. They've talked about him holding people accountable. Did you see the Auburn football video they put out yesterday? Of the players talking to one another. And Peyton Thorne said something that really caught my ear. It's something that Hugh Freeze has already talked about. And it was word for word. And I don't think he was doing that in a copycat sense. I think they both believe it. He's not calling guys out for messing up. You don't call somebody out because they did it wrong. You call them up. Hey, you did that wrong. Here's the right way to do it. Here's why we do it this way. Let's do it again. I love that. That is a winning message. That is a winning mentality from your starting quarterback for Auburn. That's got to make you feel good. Now, is he going to perform well this season? I don't know. We're going to find out. I think so. I hope so. But we're going to find out. And he'll probably perform well on Saturday. The offense will start slow. But the good thing is, you've got the running game to start you out. And they're not going to start slow because nobody in that running back room is slow. Nobody. They're all good. They're all fantastic. And the offensive line has a chance to really play some bully ball on Saturday against that UMass defensive front in the same way with the Auburn defensive line versus UMass's offensive line. We've heard about the struggles of this Auburn run defense. They should really come out and play on Saturday, we've had troubles in the past with Albert's defensive line, not getting pressure on quarterbacks, not being able to get out on the edge. You have the advantage on that on Saturday against UMass. All of those things are what we've been talking about. All of these things we've been discussing and building up and giving our takes. We're less than 48 hours away from seeing it for the first time in 2023. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll have some more conversations about it coming up in just a few minutes with Chris Gordy, who hosts the Locked on SEC podcast again. Not sure how long we'll get. He's about to be on a plane heading to LSU, Florida State, but we'll talk to him right after this, get his thoughts on Florida, Utah, Auburn, UMass, and all the other games going on in the SEC coming up here on the Thursday edition of On the Line.
0: On the Line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: All right, 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7. This is the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. And I got to tell you like it is. A little bit of change of plans. <laughs> um, I got a text from Chris a little bit ago. He's at the airport. All right, here's what's going on. Chris Gordy, host of Locked on the uh, the Locked on SEC Podcast. He's at the airport. He is flying to Orlando because he's going to the LSU Florida State game. And he got his times mixed up on when his flight was. And I gave him a call, and they were bored. Not only did he get the times mixed up on, and there's no no worries here. He was also in line to board his plane to fly to Orlando. And he was like, he was like, man, I can still give you a few minutes. And I said, Chris, no, (laughs) like, I'm not going to make you do that. I'm not going to make you get on the plane and try to talk about SEC football because we all know how much of a disaster it is to try and board planes right now and fly in what seems to be a horror story every single day so chris was going to do it but i told him not to stress it he's got too much other stuff going on with real life things and so uh, we appreciate him offering to do it i told him we'll pick back up with him this time next week get his thoughts and recap from week one there's a couple big matchups obviously uh but if there is a week to miss it is week one since there aren't that many matchups going on in week one i did get his pick though for Florida State and or for Florida Utah tonight. I didn't get LSU Florida State, but I did get his pick for Utah and Florida. The line is Utah minus 5. Chris told me, Chris Gordy, he said, take Florida plus the points for entertainment purposes. Take Florida plus the points, but Utah's going to win. So he has Florida playing this game within five, but he has Utah winning it at the end. So there's your pick from Chris uh, for Florida and Utah. Again, we will pick back up with him next week uh, here on Thursday afternoon for Chris Gordy, host of the Locked Out SEC podcast. He uh, is safe. You know, we all, we hope for a safe trip for him. Hope he has a good time. We'll get his breakdown on that LSU-Florida State game. Should be a fantastic matchup on Sunday night in college football. So instead of that, it It almost works out because I've been trying to find a time to use this and to play this yesterday yesterday afternoon, I had the chance to hop on a zoom call with jesse Palmer, ESPN college football analyst Jesse Palmer, and he sat down with reporters and media and whoever you know got an invitation to be a part of it. and so I got to sit down with him, uh, not one on one, but there was. There was a decent amount of people in this thing, Uh, but just a roundtable interview with Jesse Palmer, ESPN's college football analyst, about the upcoming season. I got numerous questions about Auburn, about college football in general, so it's a long interview. I'm going to play the first half of it because I've been trying to find a time to use this, and I was really worrying and trying to find out where the world I was going to use this. But am going to play it for you right now. Again, this is uh, multiple media members sitting down with on a Zoom call with Jesse Palmer, ESPN's college football analyst, yesterday afternoon to preview the 2023 college football season.
4: Welcome to week one, thanks for joining us. Uh, Today we have ESPN college football analyst, Jesse Palmer, to preview the 2023 college football season before week one kicks off. Um, A few housekeeping items. Like I said, this is being recorded. We'll send the recording around after we're finished. Um, If you'd like to raise your hand to ask a question, please use reactions, raise hand. If you're not seeing that, you can type alt Y on a PC or option Y on a Mac. And that will do it, although I'm seeing many of you already raising your hands, so we're ready to go. Um, we'll have Jesse start with an opening statement about this weekend and the season ahead, and then we'll open it up for questions. So, Jesse, the floor is yours.
5: Yeah, uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. I'm really excited. It's the best time of year um, to get this thing going. I hope we've all banked our sleep because we're, we're not going to have any once this thing gets going uh, this weekend. Um, I'm just really excited. It's another great college football season. And I think what's kind of cool about this year is there's there's maybe a few more question marks um, with respect to the national championship picture than maybe we've had in, in recent years where it sort of seems this foregone conclusion at the start of the year every year. Is it Georgia? Is it Alabama? Is it Ohio State? But I think with a lot of question marks at quarterbacks and offensive play callers on those teams, it maybe opens up the door um for michigan for usc for oklahoma texas florida state a lot of a lot of different teams and maybe some teams that we're not we're not thinking about who could be the tcu this year from last season i think is a is a fun theme and fun topic heading into the year the heisman trophy race is going to be fun obviously caleb williams got off to a great start this past weekend uh, week zero as did sam hartman too um but with the landscape changing so much with new coaching hires and the portal uh, conference realignment, you know, college football is, is rapidly evolving and changing. And it seems like at a, at a, at a ridiculous pace. Um, it does not look at all like the college football I played in in the late nineties for Steve Spurrier. It doesn't look at all like the college football that I started covering at ESPN back in 2007. Um, but this is our new reality. And I'm just really looking forward to another great year. I think we have an amazing slate of games to start the season Some awesome matchups that'll impact the national championship picture and the Heisman Trophy picture. So it's the best time of year. And I'm sure like all of you, I just can't I just can't wait to get going.
4: Awesome. Uh, So first we will go to Joe Smeltzer from Nittany Sports Talk. Joe, you've got the floor.
2: Hi, Jesse. Thanks for the time. Uh So you mentioned Sam Hartman and Caleb Williams, two guys that are established veteran quarterbacks. Drew Aller hasn't started a game yet for Penn State, but he's a guy that many are expecting to be one of college football's best quarterbacks um maybe pretty soon. So um as a quarterback yourself, what are your thoughts on what you've seen from Aller? And as an analyst, How good do you think he needs to be for Penn State to get to the level that many
5: people are thinking that they have a chance to get to this year? Yeah, great questions. First off, Drew has things you can't coach. He's got thighs, he's got arm talent that's just absolutely off the charts. And in the flashes uh, that we got to see him last season, uh, it's very impressive. And you can certainly see why so many people – are so high on him and so excited about him. I think it's what he's walking into. I think this is a very special group of players and there's so much talent in that locker room. It's going, it's, it's arguably the best running back tandem in the entire country. He's playing behind arguably the best offensive line in the entire country. They're going to be excellent on defense again this year. So all the pieces are there. And so the question is, can, can Drew Aller step up? and deliver in the passing game and explosive plays and really make this a balanced offense, uh, all season long. And can he do it in the big games against Michigan against Ohio state throughout the course of the season? Um, but he, he's going to have to play well. There's no doubt. This isn't just turn around and hand it off to Singleton or, or, or you know, it's, it's, he's going to need to make, make throws to a receiving group. That's a, that's, It's got some question marks that that's lost some lost a lot of uh, uh, playmakers at that position here in recent years. But um, from the small sample we've gotten from Drew, the ceiling is so high for him. And I I think because of that, that's a big reason why a lot of people think maybe Penn State's the team that could crash the party and get in um, and get in the national championship and college football playoff picture.
4: Next we'll go to, I see Orlando Sentinel. I'm assuming that's Matt. Matt, you should be able to unmute.
2: Yeah. Thanks Jesse for doing this. I wanted to ask about Jordan Travis,
1: uh, his development over the last couple of years and what do you see from him going into this year and how important is his success for what Florida state wants to accomplish?
5: I feel like Jordan Travis is must watch television Um, as a former quarterback. And as a guy that, that, really wasn't that athletic. It's a lot of fun to watch Jordan Travis take the field and go play. And, you know, to answer your question, I feel like Jordan Travis has really evolved from just being a really good athlete playing the quarterback position to becoming a quarterback. Um, He's always been an outstanding runner. He's always been able to avoid negative plays um, with his legs. But I think last year he took such a big step in the passing game, decision-making standpoint, Timing standpoint, anticipating throws um, and accuracy, and it completely took the Florida State offense, I think, to a different level. Um, He's got he already had really, really good weapons to throw to. He's got receivers that are six, seven, for God's sakes. But I think bringing in Keon Coleman from Michigan State, I think, takes this thing to another level now. Um, Florida State I mentioned it at the top I think that's a team that, that has a chance to make a lot of noise one of the biggest reasons is because they've got a guy with so much experience but who's just getting so much better each and every year and after really what was a tremendous season a year ago I can't wait to see him now take the next step and you know when I was talking about those great matchups week one the one I'm really focusing on is Sunday night in Orlando Uh, against LSU I think that game obviously it has massive implications but that's the game that has national championship Heisman trophy implications because Jordan Travis absolutely should be on everybody's Heisman radar to start the year
4: all right next we'll go to Christopher Stock from inside the U Christopher you should be able to unmute
0: yeah, Jesse, you kind of staying with the ACC, with Miami, you know, five and seven in Mario Cristobal's first year. You know, what would you consider a successful year for Miami this year? Maybe some keys for their success.
5: Well, I know we always, you know, we always get excited about Miami, obviously because of the talent and, and what they're able to bring in and the speed on the field they're going to have. I think last year, obviously, there were some growing pains with the new staff, uh, familiarity with players, Um, And Tyler Van Dyke obviously, you know, had some struggles early in the season after really being remarkable two years ago. I think a huge key, obviously, is going to be the quarterback position and getting more consistent play. Uh, I'm really excited because I'm going to be calling Miami versus Texas A&M week two. And I think that's a massive barometer um, in terms of Mario Cristobal year two. Players feeling comfortable schematically with respect to what they're doing and what the expectation uh, level is in Miami because it's always sky high. Um, It's something Miami hasn't consistently been able to live up to since joining the ACC. Um, But I think this this also has a chance to be a special year because from a talent standpoint, on paper, they look really, really good. But the quarterback position is going to be critical, and I think. Going up against Texas AM, a team that they, they obviously lost to a year ago, is gonna be is gonna be uh, very, very big from a momentum standpoint and getting a barometer on where this team is.
4: Next we'll go to Ainsley Lee from AL.com. Ainsley, you can unmute. Hey Jesse, sorry. My dog is she wants to talk to really bad. <laughs> um Hugh Freeze obviously returns to the SEC this year um, with with Auburn. Just kind of what do you think that he and the Tigers can bring to that SEC West um, looking crazy looking division uh, in year one?
5: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think Hugh Freeze said it at his press conference. I hope some people are getting pretty nervous right now. I'm back, you know, and, and obviously people are, are remember him at Ole Miss and the fits that that offense gave, gave the best teams in the conference. Um, you know, Obviously, when you th- when I think Hugh Freeze, I think up and down the field, I think explosive plays, I think tempo, I think the scoreboards lighting up. Um, obviously, he's taking over a brand new roster that has to get accustomed, and acclimated to his to his schemes. You know, obviously, to meet right away, uh, the quarterback position is is critical um, and and fitting into that piece. Robbie Ashford was a guy watching last year at Auburn, who, again, very young, very raw. Uh, very talented, um, looked like an outstanding athlete playing the quarterback position. And now you got to see him kind of take that, um, that next step. Um, but I expect Auburn to be able to run the ball. The running back room is, I think is, is, is extremely talented. Um, it's, it's obviously a loaded division. It's a loaded conference. And, you know, what, what's a successful year for Hugh Freeze out of the gate, go into a bowl game. Um, but there's, it's an uphill mountain to climb certainly, but with the talent, he'll be able to recruit there, uh, with, with his schemes and his brand of football, I I expect things to be, to be very exciting at Jordan Hare stadium very, very soon.
4: Next, we'll go to Jacob from ESPN radio Auburn. Jacob, you should be able to unmute.
1: Hey, Jesse. Thanks so much for your time this morning. When you look at college football in 2023, a year that seems to be the last one before there are so many changes across the landscape of the sport. What's your message to, to college football fans to take in this 2023 season before all those crazy changes do happen?
5: Yeah, I mean, it, listen, the, the change is coming, and you just have to sort of embrace it. And And we are where we are, and it's not going back. I'm a college football purist and a traditionalist. I hate conference expansion. Um, I hate losing rivalry games. I mean, to me, it, that's part of what makes the sport so great. But this is the new reality. Obviously, next year, we're, we're heading to an expanded college football playoff. Conferences are going to start to look a whole lot different. Um, and really just to, to, you know, enjoy this year for what it is. I think it, it has a chance to be an extremely special year. Um, but, but change is coming and it's just, it's just, it's, it's inevitable. And there'll be, you know, hopefully as I'm trying to put a spin on this, to make my make myself feel better about it all, you know, uh, new rivalries are going to happen. Um, new history will be made. And we're, we're, it's, it's all about new. And, uh, we're, we're kind of starting at ground zero that way. And, and, you know, this sport will continue to shine. It'll, it'll continue to be great. It's just not going to look like the, the way it did um, for a lot of us.
4: Next, we'll go to Larry Vought from Vot's Views in Kentucky. Larry?
0: Hey, Jesse. Thanks a bunch for doing this. Just, just wondering, do you think Kentucky fans are too excited and too optimistic about this team or can with Devin Leary and Liam Cohen are the big expectations realistic here in Kentucky?
5: So uh I I'm sort of on the Kentucky bandwagon too. And I got excited when Liam Cohen was coming back based on what I saw him do a few years ago, calling plays. I'm a big Devin Leary fan. I've been that, you know, I've been watching him at NC State for years now. Um, and I think I think that it that was one of the big wins in the transfer portal. I know what he's throwing to. I think those two true freshman receivers from a year ago, Baker and Key, I think. Were tremendous, and I think they're going to take another step. Um, and And I know Kentucky's going to play great defense. So I am I am excited about Kentucky. Uh, it, do I think Kentucky's going to win the SEC? No, but I do think they can get back to being an eight nine eight nine win team, going to a, a good bowl game. I think this get this thing back to where um, to what sort of the expectation level that Mark Stoops has created. He's just been the, the job he's done at Kentucky has just been remarkable. Um, but there I, I don't think this is smoke and mirrors I, I really do think Kentucky is taking a huge step forward this season.
1: So if you missed my uh, the announcement of what that Id, what that audio is and what that interview is yesterday uh, Jesse Palmer college football uh, analyst for ESPN sat down had a zoom call uh, with some people that were invited and so uh, I was able to be a part of that and that was the first half of it. Uh, Again, uh, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, was unable to join us today. And so, uh, um, you know, I hate that we couldn't talk to him, but also glad because I could play you some of that interview. There's a back half of that interview. Uh, Maybe play it for you tomorrow. Not really sure. I got some more questions in on the back half of that interview. But a big shout out and thank you to Jesse Palmer, again, college football analyst for ESPN, sat down yesterday talking a lot about college football coming up. In 2023, we'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN
0: 1067. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334 321 1390 or toll free at 888 382 7502.
1: Winding down the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Been a busy show today, but a great show as always as it is on Thursday afternoons. We talked to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network in hour number one. We started hour number two with Keith Etheridge, head coach for Auburn High School Football. And then no Chris Gordy today, but played part of the uh, interview, the roundtable interview, uh, if you will, from Jesse Palmer, ESPN's college football analyst that I got to be a part of yesterday. So hopefully I'll get to play the back half of that for you tomorrow I had a lot of questions in the back half of it so again busy show today Uh, we talked to all of those people plus um, talked about college football getting underway tonight in week one Florida and Utah excited for this game Um, I'm really really hoping that it's a good game I I didn't get a chance to talk to Chris on the air but Chris Gordy gave his pick he said Florida plus five but Utah money line to win the game so here's my final thoughts on that I've said I talked a lot about it today This is a huge game for Florida. This is a huge game for Billy Napier. It's a big game for the SEC. It is borderline must-win for Billy Napier because you look at the rest of the schedule, you're not going to find very many gimme-wins on this. And I'm not saying Utah's a gimme-win by any means. Cam Rising not playing star quarterback for Utah. Huge, huge news there. I still think Utah wins the football game. I think it'll be close, and I think it'll be fun, and it's going to be a really good atmosphere out in Salt Lake City. But I'm taking the Utes tonight to beat Florida. I picked them in the SEC Football Challenge. Be sure you get your picks in, ESPNAU.com. All right, our SEC Football Challenge getting underway. Starts tonight with Florida and Utah, and the rest of the game's going in two week one so be sure you go and do that busy show again tomorrow we'll have the interview with Keontae Scott for Tiger Takes they aired it yesterday on the drive we'll play that for you tomorrow here on my show I got to interview him uh, yesterday morning talking about Auburn versus UMass then an hour two it's on the line Fridays with Uncle Tebow and Wade Bennett brought to you by Sense Green heating and air we'll make our official picks for all the SEC games in week one and break down Auburn versus UMass happening on Saturday. Saturday in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Going to be a lot of fun tomorrow, 2-4, to right here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, I'm Jacob Goen. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.